Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Nixon Long and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me today is my co-host, Joey Alibro. Hey, Joey. Uh, we missed you on the episode breaking down the Super Bowl. But from what I recall, you didn't care about that anyway. You were more excited about the combine, the draft, the free agency uh, than you were about the Super Bowl. So here we are, mission accomplished. You uh, you must be super excited now, right? Because the NFL offseason is here. Yes, sir. It's my favorite time of year. The Giants have a ton of cap to work with and a, and a high pick. Um, so I'm excited to see what's in store. Yeah, sounds familiar. High pick and more, lots of cap space. And didn't, didn't do much of it before, but let's see what they can do now. They can't. There's nowhere to go but up, right? <laughs> so, exactly. Well, well, I don't think you're alone, Joey, uh, being stoked about the NFL offseason as we have a special guest joining us today who's been looking at the offseason for over three months now since his Washington Redskins have been bad enough to be basically <laughs> unwatchable, yet also managed to miss out on the top pick in the draft. Quite the accomplishment there. It's Adam and Eva of the Burgundy and Gold Report. Welcome back, Adam. Hey, thanks for having me on again. Always a pleasure, man. Oh, yeah. It's always great having you on. And uh, you must be psyched about heading out into the offseason. Every team now back to square one. But uh, I have to ask you, are, just to be honest, are you jumping on the D.C. Defenders bandwagon? Because, honestly, they might get a championship before the rest of them do. That's quite possible. Definitely amusing. But, uh, no, <laughs> always a burgundy and gold for me, man. Okay. I'm just saying, they both have Ohio State quarterbacks, so what does it matter? You know, I mean, it's just it's kind of the same thing, isn't it? <laughs> uh, anyway, we got lots to talk about today, including NFL free agents, players to watch at the NFL scouting combine, some smaller school prospects to talk about at the XFL a little bit, and much more. So uh, let's get rolling. So first thing we're going to talk about is the NFL free agency period. It's upon us. 2020 NFL free agency begins on March 18th at 4 p.m. Eastern time as the new league year begins. There will be a two-day legal tampering period beginning on March 16th in which teams will be allowed to negotiate with players to try and get deals in the works before they can legally be signed on March 18th. So we'll start with you, Adam, first. Let's talk about some free agents. What free agents are you most interested in watching this offseason? Uh, well, specifically, especially, you know, for my Redskins, uh, after the retirement of Vernon Davis and the likely mm-hmm. release or retirement of Jordan Reed. Great retirement um, video, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's definitely right now, it, Austin Hooper, the tight end for Atlanta Falcons, it's pretty much yep. been mixed mixed talks if they're going to franchise him or not. Um, but, you know, he's going to get a big payday, and he's somebody that I think, would fit in perfect with what uh, Dwayne Haskins and what uh, Turner's trying to do in his new offense in Washington. Mm-hmm. So he's definitely my one of my top uh, free agents to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, no doubt. That is definitely a big name there. But what about uh, Hunter Henry? Isn't he? He's going to be free a free agent this season as well. Do you think he has any type of fit there? And if you uh, don't get Austin Hooper, um, possibly the the red flags are, is, is the injury issues with him that he's missed 20 sure. games over the last two seasons you know no doubt he's productive i think what did he six, 652 yards and five touchdowns in only 12 games last year so you figure you know he could have been pushing 
close to the thousand yard mark if he stayed healthy. But those injury issues are definitely a concern. Uh, I wonder if you know he might just return to San Diego on a, you know a home team discount. Um, I'm just a little hesitant. I think the Redskins have shown that they've been one of the most injured teams around the league. And I just, as much as I like his game, I think he's probably a better prospect than than uh, Hooper. Um, but as far as the injury issues, he's somebody that I'm not too keen on as far as you mm-hmm. know, bringing him into Washington. You know, we're a little scared of Washington of bringing in another potential long-term injury issue because Jordan Reed, right. this guy, we lost him for the whole year in concussion yep. protocol, I think, beginning of the year. And he had seven concussions at the time in Washington. So personally – you know, I still think they need to double up in the draft at tight end, but I think, right. in my opinion, as far as offensive goes, Austin Hooper has to be the number one target in Washington. For, uh, free wow, agency. well, that would be really that would be really interesting. Quite a weapon to add for Dwayne Haskins in the second year there. Uh, let me flip over to Joey. Uh, what do you think here? Who who are you looking at? What free agents are you most interested in watching this off season? Um, I have a couple of guys in mind, uh, <clears throat> specifically for the Giants. Uh, yep. Like I mentioned before, the Giants have. Uh, quite sizable amount of cap room coming into the off season. They're about 61 under right now. Um, so the first guy I want to talk about is Yannick Ngakwe for the Jaguars defensive end. For mm-hmm. um, he posted 12 and a half sacks in 2017, uh, 10 in 2018 and eight uh, this past year. Um, obviously a little sharp decline there from that, that dominant defense with the Jaguars. Um, mm-hmm. But I think he's a really talented uh, edge rusher. And the Giants are short on that, especially with Marcus Golden hitting free agency as well, who's probably right. going to come in just as big as payday as Yannick Ngakwe. Um, so they got to really pick and choose how who they're going to pay and who they're not going to pay. Um, Yannick Ngakwe is actually been posting on Instagram and, and Twitter about uh, possible Giants rumors. Um, he's been mm-hmm. liking comments on Instagram about that move. He's been posting pictures about Lawrence Taylor. Um, <laughs> so that's getting me a little excited about that. Um, right. But uh, with that said, um, there have been rumblings about the Jags possibly putting a franchise tag on him um, instead of letting him just straight up walk. Um, so that would obviously not allow him to sign with the Giants. Um, right. The second guy I want to talk about is the cornerback for the Detroit Lions, Darius Slay. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, Darius Slayton, who is on the Giants as a receiver, had a great rookie year this past year, was trying to recruit him on Twitter as well, uh, mentioning him in a tweet. Um, I honestly think he's the most underrated corner in the league. He's a two-time pro bowler. Um, Pro football focus gave him a 90.5 five-year coverage grade prior to last season. Um, Mm -hmm. And the Giants are actually no stranger to paying big money to corners. Uh, If you remember way back in 2016 when they had a bunch of room to work with, they gave a a pretty sizable deal to Janoris Jenkins, who's on the New Saints now. Um, Mm -hmm. So those are my two like marquee free agents that I think the Giants should be targeting this offseason. All right. Well, some good ones there. And it'll be interesting to see what moves they make there because they basically have a whole world ahead of them with a relatively young central cast. So if they can shore up that defense, that could be a real big uh, improvement for them. Let me just ask you guys this, because, of course, the big news uh, in free agency is the fact that Tom Brady is going to be able to allow to test the free agent waters. Uh, before uh, he goes back to the Patriots and they make a deal with him, I, I'm assuming they're trying to level set his expectations. Although the uh, rumors are that they are already a, uh, already uh, willing to give him $30 million to come back next year. So with that said, there are a number of top end quarterbacks or at least high named quarterbacks that are going to be entering free agency, including Dak Prescott and Drew Brees. Uh, 
Ryan Tannehill, Tom Brady, and of course the aforementioned, um, and then uh, Philip Rivers, which um, we just found out about yesterday, and Jameis Winston. Now the that the thought is that Dak Prescott probably isn't going anywhere, and Ryan Tannehill likely isn't going anywhere, and Drew Brees is likely not going anywhere. So that really just leaves those three guys, uh, Tom Brady and uh, Philip Rivers and Jameis Winston, and there's still a big question mark as what they're going to do in Tampa Bay. Let me ask you guys this. If you were looking to pick up one of these free agents uh, for your team or one of the NFL teams, where do you think, which one would you pick? Which team do you think they're best going to end up on? Uh, Adam, let me ask you first. Uh, personally, I think uh, except Brady, I think Brady is going to return, and I think uh, Jameis Winston. You met, you mentioned. I am, I'm just not a fan. I haven't been a fan of him since you know coming out of Florida State. Yep. But I, in saying that, I think that he could definitely be um, you know somebody. I know they have you know Gardner Minshew in Jacksonville, and they you know they had those issues with Nick Foles, but I think yep. that could be definitely a home reunion that happens. Um, mm. But I think one we haven't talked about Teddy Bridgewater. I think he's actually going to be in higher demand than Winston. I think at mm-hmm. this point, I think he showed enough to probably have a higher ceiling than Winston. And mm-hmm. I think out of all the quarterbacks, he actually might end up being one of the ones that's in, in highest demand. And I, I think the quarterback needy teams. A lot of people have been talking about the, you know the big trade up into the top five. I think between, you know, the, the, the top uh, quarterbacks in the draft, I think most of the teams will just sit tight and wait mm-hmm. for the quarterback in the draft. But then you're going to have teams like Chicago. I think Chicago right. is a team that we could definitely see go after Winston. Yep. Yep. Well, that would be unfortunate because we don't, we can't really do any use any more turnovers and he definitely led the league in interceptions right. this year. So that would be yep. a problem for my bears. But then again, um, Mitch Trubisky, hasn't been great either. And uh, we gave away the entire, gave away basically the entire bank in order to get him. So yeah, cer- certainly interesting there. Let's switch over to you, Joey. What are your thoughts on this, uh, this situation with the free agent quarterbacks? I mean, I love to talk about Teddy Bridgewater, so feel free to throw him into the mix. Uh, but you know, Tom Brady and uh, Philip Rivers, big name, James Winston, also a big name. Any thoughts on which you would want to pick up if you had to get a free agent? Um, five years ago, it would have been a lot more exciting about Philip to talk about uh, Philip Rivers and Tom Brady well, all of them. <laughs> right. Um, right. <laughs> uh, but honestly, it's a tough choice. If, if, uh, if I was a team, a quarterback needs a team, um, looking for a quarterback, especially the, like if you're looking into Brady and Rivers, because realistically, how many years do these guys have left? I mean, uh, Brady's already in his 40s. I know Phillip's approaching 40 if he's not 40 already. Um, so I don't even know how many teams are out there that are even just a quarterback short of like being relevant. Um, the mm-hmm. only team that really comes to mind for me is the Bears um, with Trubisky struggles. I'm sorry about that, but um, right, right. No, you don't have to be sorry. Um, so we did it to ourselves. I could see them trying to get Brady or Rivers. Um, I don't think Jameis Winston's the answer for um, mm-hmm. one of those like a quarterback needy team that's just one step away. Um, but where I think they'll end up, I think Winston will run it back in Tampa with Bruce Arians. I think Brady will end up back in uh, New England. And my my team that I'm watching for Philip Rivers is the Indianapolis Colts because they're another mm. one that I, that I didn't mention with the Bears that I think is a really good quarterback away from really competing in the AFC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. So some good thoughts there. It'll be interesting to see how this all shapes up. I mean, there's still plenty of time over a month away before we actually get to the actual free agency period. So who knows what's going to happen between now and then, but certainly some big names to watch there. 
Um, so let's flip over to the other side of things. You know, that that's basically all the free agents there. That's part of it. But let's talk about the NFL scouting combine, which is coming up pretty soon. More than 300 of football's top prospects are participating this year. And currently the combine workout schedule is going to go from Thursday, February 27th to Sunday, March 1st with various positions throughout the day. And I, and I understand that they're going to be starting now in the afternoon in prime time in order to bring more eyes on the uh, workouts. So they will be interesting. So with that said, Adam, what player or players are you most interested in watching in the NFL Combine? Well, you, you, if you follow me, you know that I'm always about the small school prospects. And yep. uh, the biggest riser that I've, I've seen this year um, has been Kyle Duggar from Leonore Ryan University, who I was able to actually have a great wow. sit down with him a while back. Um, mm-hmm. He actually rose when I sat down with him back in, I believe it was in November. He was actually viewed as around a top 200 prospect. Um, the okay. latest um, rumors have had him possibly jumping up to the top 90. Uh, at wow. the Senior Bowl, he really balled out. You know, they realized his hybrid ability. He actually lined up on offenses, running back, wildcat quarterbacks. They actually had him covering tight ends uh, at cornerback. Uh, he's viewed as a true free safety, but um, a lot mm-hmm. of people think he could be the next uh, really good hybrid in the league. So he's my number one guy to watch right now. The Seattle Seahawks worked him out back in 2018, clocked him mm-hmm. at a 441, had him at a 41-inch vertical. Wow. So this guy's a freak. If he really can put those kind of numbers, I think you're going to see um, the similar rise uh, that Leonard had for the Colts, the linebacker for the Colts. I actually evaluated him a couple years back. He actually went 36 overall. I think uh-huh. you know that might be a little high for Duggar. But I think, you know, with a really good combine, what I think he's going to run, what I think he's going to put up the, the numbers-wise, I think we could see him possibly jump into late two, early three. Um, another guy that um, I did a spotlight on is a tight end from uh, Portland State, uh, Charlie mm-hmm. Tampua. Uh, mm-hmm. He's somebody that we actually talked about on the last show I was with you on. Um, he's a hybrid tight end H-back slash fullback. Um, at the Senior Bowl, he actually opened some eyes. He was viewed as more of a maybe six-round to undrafted player. They clocked him at 18 miles per hour on a go-route. So for a six, nearly 6'5 six, tight end, that's just not seen. And he's wow. definitely being overshadowed by some of the other guys, you know, Hooper mm-hmm. and the other guys who were at the Senior Bowl. But I think he's somebody, you know, think of Baltimore, the kind of offense that they're running you know, the options, the the zone reads, you know, all those kind of packages. He fits in perfect. So he's somebody that he could definitely see a rise, you know, going, you know, into the fourth round. I could see him with a good combine. And my last guy, again, staying with the small small school prospect team is Antonio Gandy-Golden from Liberty. Mm -hmm. Uh, The 6'4", 220 receiver, he really showed a lot this year. He pulled, he pulled nearly 1,400 yards and 10 touchdowns. And, you know, a lot of people are going to look at the Liberty University uh, level of competition, but I think this is a guy that if we can see him run, you know, in the low 4-5, uh, four high 4-4s, four which I think we can just on tape, he looks like, you know, somebody that can run a 4-5 flat. You know, this is somebody that has, again, risen from late round to possibly third, fourth round. So those are my three guys that I'm looking at the combine this year, as, you know, as far as the small school prospects go. Well, that's some great names there. Those, uh, some of those I, I, I know because of you, Adam. So this is fantastic information for our listeners here. Everyone should check this out. But um, let's switch over to the other side here, Joey. What do you have uh, on, on tap here? What player or players are you most interested in watching in the NFL combine? 
Yeah, so I got three guys. I got one on offense and two on defense. Uh, the first guy mm-hmm. I want to talk about is Justin Herbert, the quarterback out of Oregon. Um, yeah. I remember, remember him from last year um, when everybody thought he was going to come out because he was basically a surefire top 10 pick in a lot of people's minds, but he decided right. to return for his senior season. Um, he paid dividends for him as well. He improved his completion percentage by about six or seven points. Uh, it's 60, it was 66.8%. Mm-hmm. Uh, he threw for 32 touchdowns, 3,400 yards, and only threw six interceptions. Um, he's my guy to watch because I feel like he's been treated as the redheaded stepchild um, compared to Joe Burrow and to a uh, – I don't, I don't even want to attempt to say his last name. Um, Tua. Let's call him Tua. Tua. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, honestly, I think a team to watch for him um, getting drafted to is – the formerly of San Diego Chargers, um, especially after the Philip Rivers news that he wouldn't be back this next season. Um, mm-hmm. The next guy I want to talk about um, is my best player in the draft. It's Chase Young. Um, mm-hmm. It's a guy that the Redskins are going to have their eye on, especially with uh, Joe Burrow pretty much locked in there at number one spot in Cincinnati. Yep. Um, with 16 and a half sacks, six forced fumbles in his uh, junior year with Ohio State. He's six foot five, 265 pounds. And, you know, with a lot of these edge rushers that we see come out year after year that are just, like, beyond a doubt, the best player in the draft, like last year we saw with uh, Nick Bosa at 49ers. Mm-hmm. They're, they're athletic freaks. And uh, that's – I just want to watch him for the spectacle of it all. Um, the last guy I want to talk about is Javon Kinlaw. He's a defensive tackle for South Carolina. Um, mm-hmm. He's got a feel-good story to him. He grew up homeless. Um he went to a community college uh, when he graduated high school and then transferred into his home state's uh, flagship university, obviously the University of South Carolina. Um, mm-hmm. I watched him against Georgia, and he just bullied Georgia's ferocious offensive line. Um, and I want to watch him because uh, a player in the NFL, we all know, obviously, Aaron Donald, has really emphasized how important interior pressure is uh, and taking on double teams is. Um, right. And I think he's a guy that's just – keeps rising and rising, and I think he might even end up in, in top ten picks in the draft um, wow. if he falls out of the combine. Um, yeah, so those are my three guys that I'm going to be watching. Yeah, no, those are great, those are great ones, and uh, some good, a good story there. But, you know, uh, Chase Young, I, he's one of those guys I feel like he can only hurt his draft stock. I mean, he's so high up there already. Like, I mean, if he doesn't just perform, yeah. um, you know, off the charts at the, at the combine, I feel like he can take, he get dinged for that, which is really um, – really too bad. I, I'll throw one extra guy on top of all that. Um, I am actually keeping my eye on, on wide receiver LaVisca Chenault from Colorado. I think far away, no one of the best pure athletes in the draft. Tall, he's big, he's fast. He played essentially every wide receiver spot outside slot in college. He, uh, he also played running back. He took direct snaps a couple times. Um, the only real question that I have for, um, for him is that uh, he wasn't particularly a, a precise route runner, um, and, and I right. don't know how much work it's going to take to make him a polished route runner. Um, he's used to beating defenders with speed and strength. That can work to a certain extent in NFL, but we know that solid routes really can take him to the next level. I'm very interested to see um, how he looks like on the uh, into combine to see if he can take that next step. Um, and, he, and regardless, I think he's going to make a great, very intriguing draft sure. pick now for a lot of, uh, a lot of teams out there um, that are really good weapon. All right. Well, that's, that's great stuff there. And, you know, speaking of prospects, Adam, and you, you really are zoning in on these smaller schools. You're getting some great information on that through these interviews you're having. I know you recently interviewed uh, two smaller school cornerback prospects from Grambling and UTSA. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I actually 
exactly it all actually happened. They actually reached out to me. You know, it's been a little humbling this year. Instead of me reaching out to the guys, they're reaching out to me now. <laughs> even better. But, uh, That's yeah, so Joseph McWilliams, that, that was a great one uh, because he actually, uh, again, was a grambling. And Doug Williams actually came there a few times. So, you know, he's near and dear to my heart as a Redskins fan. But yep. what jumps out to me with him is, you know, the film is never easy on this small school. So I always take on that challenge. But um, what I love about this kid, this is a special teams demon. In three seasons, because he was ineligible as a sophomore due to academics, in three seasons he had 10 block kicks, one return for a two-point conversion, 11 interceptions for five touchdowns, two forced fumbles, and 15 wow. passes defended. Uh, you know, he's not the biggest corner uh, at 5'11", 175, but he's just one of these grinders that you want on his team. And just what I loved about him is he – wants to play special teams just like you know Javon Ferguson uh, Kyle Duggar all the guys that I sat down with they're not they're humble enough to realize that their ticket onto an NFL roster is going to be through special teams so I really like this kid I really think he's got the talent to really show something and another guy I sat down with was actually Cassius Grady you know he's definitely he's going to have a probably a bigger you know uphill climb coming from uh, University of Texas San Antonio uh, he's mm-hmm. only coming in about five five eight one eighty five, but again, wow. he's another one that is just like the jackrabbit, you know, these the Giants, you know, he loves yeah. going against the tall guys. When I sat down and asked him, you know, what is, you know, your favorite part against going against, you know, some of the bigger receivers, he just loves talking. He says he just likes um, getting in their face. He just loves trash talking. Uh, mm-hmm. He'd love to mix it up, you know, at the line of scrimmage. And you don't really see too many smaller guys looking for press. Usually when you see small guys, you know, they right. like to play more often. They like to play in the zone. But this guy, yep. you know, he's definitely going to have a challenge. He's getting right up grill. Because, <laughs> you know, but he really is going to excel as somebody that's going to have to, you know, earn his stripes on special teams. But, yeah, really good conversations with these guys. These, You know, I'm going to have the articles coming out very soon with the Q&As and evals. But these are oh, wow. two guys that, you know, I'm looking at potential seventh rounders, um, um, more than likely undrafted just based on level of uh, production and where they're coming from. But I think that these two guys can definitely make some noise on, you know, it, it's not the best cornerback class that we've seen. So I think going late round to undrafted, you know, these are two guys that I really think have a high ceiling as, you know, at least, like I said, special teams contributors and guys that can really make a name for themselves, uh, hopefully as, the next undrafted uh, spotlights that I uh, sat down with. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be really terrific. And some really great information there. Everyone should check that out on the burgundy and gold. Always some great information. It's, it's amazing. Uh, you know, they're actually get they're actually trying to get on your site now, Adam. That's awesome. Um, so that we know uh-huh. those guys are, are looking for, uh, for looking for a little love and looking for a little bit of exposure. They know that uh, you, you have some of the best coverage when it comes to this type of uh, information with, with regard to smaller school prospects. Everyone go check that out. Uh, fantastic talk there. Let's move on to the next topic. Hit the bell and move on to the XFL because the XFL just launched this last weekend. This was their inaugural weekend of the new XFL. We saw all eight teams ballot out in four games over two days. Um, I don't know about you guys. I actually did watch it. Uh, I, I was ashamed to say it at first, but after watching it, <laughs> it wasn't so bad. It actually was a, a, no. a, a better product than I thought it was going to be. For sure. Um, so, let's, For sure. Uh, so let me start uh, Let me start and ask you guys about, you know, what, what stuck out to you 
from the XFL this first week. And Joey, we spoke a little bit beforehand. I know you didn't get a chance to, to really examine the games or anything, but you probably saw a little bit of the fallout. Did anything stick out to you from the XFL's first week? The XFL. Uh, I'm going to stick with the Giants game I've been on today. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I noticed that Pepper Johnson got fired after one game as defensive coordinator. Yeah. Yep. I think it was for the LA Wildcats, yep. um, which was pretty shocking considering yeah. like, it's the, XFL. the preparation <laughs> that goes into not not only just going into a new season, but going into an inaugural season for a league, and then just uh, yep. gets canned after, after one game. There must have been some serious turmoil in that locker room and in that coaching staff for that to happen. Yep. Um, for sure. Obviously, a giant. He was a giant, great too. Uh, spent years coaching uh, linebackers and I believe the defensive line for Bill Belichick in New England. Um, right. So yeah, that's really the one thing that stuck out to me this weekend. Yeah, that was shocking. I was surprised to see a team. It's a, it's a ten-week league, um, and they just started. Seems a little bit premature to start letting go of your coordinators. But hey, who am I? Uh, I'm not working on the staff, so who knows what's going on behind the scenes there. Adam, what stuck out to you uh, from the XFL inaugural weekend? Uh, another small school prospect. <laughs> uh, I actually Man. had a, a spotlight on um, Donald Parham. I called him the Stephen Sleeper back in August uh, August of uh, 19, actually. Um, he actually was a practice squad member of the Redskins, actually finished up with the Lions, never saw a snap. Uh, but for mm-hmm. the Dallas Renegades, he put up uh, – He actually was, I believe he was tied for the team with uh, four catches for 40 yards and a touchdown. Six mm-hmm. foot eight, 257 pounds height. And, you know, at Stetson, he was used a lot as, you know, a uh, flex-wide receiver. But I think my hope is he's going to get, you know, more opportunities with the Renegades to really show that what I saw in him is one of these Antonio Gates types that – the basketball mm. ability really translated. I just don't really – I think under Jay Gruden, he really didn't get a shot. I think with the stable of tight ends the Washington had, he really should right. have had an opportunity, and they should have used more creative. But I think this is a guy uh, that we could definitely see after this season, as long as you know he can keep it going, that he's going to be on an NFL roster next team uh, next year for sure. Because I just think you don't see too many 6'8", 200 – 60-pound tight ends that can run like him and, uh, you know, just have that boxed-out ability. And he really showed – he made me happy. He was like, a, you know, a happy uh, brother, you know, watching him play. And I really <laughs> okay. hope that he can uh, make that jump back to the NFL because usually, you know, once they go into these other leagues, they don't come back. But the XFL, like you said, I was really surprised. You know, I'm really glad that you can catch these games on YouTube because, you know, I went yep. back after it was over and watched. I watched uh, most of the Washington game, but all of the Dallas Renegades game, and I really yep. liked what I saw. So, honestly, uh, you know, I hate to admit it, McMahon is really doing a great job, and I mm-hmm. think that this definitely has some staying power. We need a farm league for the NFL. You know, it does yep. not have any kind of other sources for players, and I'm really pulling for them to succeed. If McMahon continue to just stay away from it and let, you know, Andrew Luck's father <laughs> run things, I think he's doing a good job. Um, yep. But the product that they put out this past weekend, I think it has staying power. Yeah, me too. And I love some of the new rules, actually. To, to tell you the truth, yeah. I actually I do like I like the kickoff rules. I think that makes sense. Yeah, it's the one that yeah, so they don't they don't move until the the until the uh, to the uh, the punt the, the returner actually catches the ball and then it makes right. for dynamic uh, returns without the injury risk. 
of people flying down the right. field. I really like that. I like uh, a lot of the things about having the, the, the two and the three-point conversions. I mean, I think they adds a lot of, uh, to the strategy. Uh, I like speeding up the play clock. That was all, all, all kind of positives in my, in my opinion. Let me just point out three guys real quick that I saw that I thought were particularly interesting. Keep an eye on them as they go into um, through the XFL season, maybe into the NFL season. P.J. Walker, quarterback of the Houston Roughnecks, formerly of Temple, he uh, can light it up. He can definitely light it up. I saw him play in that magical year where Temple was uh, ranked. Uh, I saw him play against Notre Dame in Philly uh, in 2015. It was uh, quite a showdown. Uh, Notre Dame barely pulled that one out in the last two minutes of the game. Obviously, I'm a Notre Notre Dame guy, so I was really excited about that. But I was very impressed with what Walker was able to do there. This weekend, he was 23 of 39 for 272 yards, four touchdowns, one INT, 26 rush yards. Uh, and they beat the L.A. Wildcats by a score of 37 to 17. You know, he had a really impressive career for the Temple Owls. You know, he set school records of 10,668 passing yards, 74 passing touchdowns. Um, you know, I, he played four years under Matt Rule, by the way. He was now the coach of the Carolina Panthers. Just saying, there's a possibility yeah. there, maybe a connection. Sure. Uh, P.J. Walker, Carolina, I don't know. Another guy yeah. that I like is your guy. I can say that because uh, D.C., you know, Cardale Jones. Uh, quarterback of D.C. Defenders, also did pretty well this weekend and his win over the Seattle Dragons. Previously a fourth-round pick, everyone knows that. Previously a winner of the 2015 College Football Playoff National Championship, everyone knows that. But he did well. He looked good. 16 of 26, 235 yards, two touchdowns, uh, 28 rush yards. Uh, I think he has possibility there to showcase himself in XFL, find himself a seat in the NFL. Last guy I want to talk about is Austin Prohl, wide receiver of the Seattle Dragons, son of Ricky Prohl, NFL legend. Uh, Ricky Prohl, uh, receiver from the Rams, the Bears, lots of other places. Um, he caught five of a whopping 10 targets, 88 yards, two touchdowns. He caught the first ever touchdown in the new FXL league history. So that's cool. He was a standout wide receiver in UNC. He looked like, and, and excuse me for being stereotypical, but he looked like Edelman, <laughs> you know? And he I did. think that he like did. he could be that guy, a really good slot receiver, fast, good routes, good hands, you know, able to get open in uh, in traffic. And make things happen. I mean, I, I, I don't know, but there's a possibility for him. All right. So that's probably more of the XFL than anybody wanted to hear uh, today. So let me hit the air horn on the show. All right. So that's all the time we have this week. It was a great show, as always. And, of course, we really appreciate you, Adam, for joining us on the show yet again. Like I said, uh, you're basically our regular now because you come here at least once a month. And we really appreciate it because <laughs> you bring such terrific content particularly with regard to prospects and the Washington Redskins. So, again, terrific content on the Burgundy and Gold Report. Everyone check it out. Anything you want to promo? Uh, just, you know, we, we spoke about uh, Joseph McWilliams and Cassius Grady. Those are coming up. I've got a couple other interviews in the works right now, so hopefully, you know, we'll get a few more out before the Combine. I'll have the Combine review after that's done. You can check everything out mm-hmm. at uh, burgundyandgoldreport.wordpress.com. And uh, you can follow all my podcasts, all my links, all my articles on Twitter at the B and G report. HCTR, thanks for having me on again, man. Fantastic. And that's always everybody follow, uh, follow Adam, check out the site. Great content. Joey, how about your social media so people can follow you? Yeah, you can follow me on all social media platforms at Joey Libro. Awesome. And thanks again, everyone, for wasting time with us. We certainly appreciate it. And until next time, enjoy your NFL and your XFL week.